What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Diddleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. You know it's dedication when I'm looking across the Zoom right now and Eric Diddleman is casting from a hotel room. Yeah, hopefully our internet will uh, stay connected through this. Uh, I am currently on the road, brought the podcasting setup with me, and I am uh, I'm, uh, currently recording from my hotel room in Indiana. I'm so excited that, well, because your travels just continue, and you're going to yeah. be here next week, and yeah. we're going to be doing this in person, which is sick. Right, exactly. That's one of the reasons I brought the whole podcast setup with me, was because I knew we were yeah. going to be in person. Uh, but yeah, no, I've been on the road. I was in um, San Francisco. Now I'm on in Oakland and that just whole Bay Area. And now I'm in Indiana and then I head to L.A. and then I'm in Vegas and then just a lot of flights, Matt. It's been uh, it's been wild. Yeah. And we, we've got this like huge news that just got released here in Vegas and you're going to be here for it. I was talking to you about it beforehand mm-hmm. and you're like, why aren't we talking about this right. while we record? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like, while you're here is the NFL draft, and it's the first time it's ever happened in Vegas. It's a big deal. I mean, you're a football guy. It's a huge deal. I mean, just seeing what they're doing with production-wise, the little glimpses I've seen just in articles and whatnot, I can't imagine it literally happening right across from your venue <laughs> and you seeing yeah. everything going on. There is a stage on the Bellagio water where the fountains take place and there are performances happening there. I thought there were just performances the day of the draft. So um, I accidentally announced it last week that I'm performing at this thing. I didn't really understand who else was performing. Like I didn't understand how big of a deal it was. Like there's uh, Weezer, Ice Cube, uh, Marshmallow, the DJ, um, right. Terry I, Fader, I, magicians, I comedians, the- variety acts, you name it. What's that? I assume the DJ and not the food. Um, and then there's also the stage i'm performing on is called the draft theater where they actually do the draft which is right behind the link i mean it's gonna be absolute madness while you're here like i don't know that you're gonna be able to like come and go from wherever you want to while you're here you might have to like be on foot for miles yeah i'm pretty much posting up for scoop fest where they're doing scoop fest and then once that weekend's done, I have a few extra days in Vegas, and I feel like things will wind down after the draft. Maybe we'll see. And then, well, road closures have already been going on for weeks now. Well, I'll have in to preparation. get to my other hotel at some point. Yeah, <laughs> that, no, be I mean it's right. it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm I might ex- be staying on property. Yeah, if you're at the link, <laughs> you know, then it will be easier come, for me to, to see you. <laughs> to avoid coming and going. I mean, yeah. I just don't know what it's going to be like yet. We'll see. But anyway, it's really exciting. I mean, and, and to perform in that environment is going to be crazy too. Do you think I need to do? No, I mean, I know the answer is no. But would you do something like football esque if you were performing at something like that? Um, I mean, you just tied in your, from your celebrity soup over some football, you could do something. You already have it in the bag almost, right? Like ready to go. But, uh, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think Weezer's changing their songs to be football related. (laughs) What a great comparison. And I use that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So I think the comparisons are good. Want to see you do your thing that you're, you're best at. Yeah. All right. All right, cool, man. Now, well, so you're going to you, go back to New York in between, or are you straight from Indiana to somewhere else to California? No, to here? just straight to LA from here and then to Vegas. So, how many days is this trip? Do you know? It's been it's the full trip is two weeks. Wow. Yeah, yeah, two weeks. That's on a the good. Road. That's a good length. Yeah, a little bit of workcation, a little bit of downtime in LA. I'm going to see some friends and visit the castle and some other stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk about on next week's episode once mm-hmm. those happen. Uh, but before we switch gears, anyway, uh, uh, and, and while we're still on the topic of uh, the, Bla- are you jealous you're not on the Bellagio stage with the fountains behind you? <laughs> I That's think that would. Question. I think that would be distracting. <laughs> the fountain's um, still going. I, <laughs> I did notice that the acts, and if you want to see, I did share it on Instagram, like the the full lineup of literally like what's happening mm-hmm. each day and who's performing. I I, I shared it. Um, because there's a lot of big names and great acts. But yeah. uh, I noticed that the ones on that stage are more ambient, like our potential to be ambient. So sure. music or 
probably acrobatics and things like that. Whereas I think anyone with dialogue is at the draft theater. They're calling it, I believe. Gotcha. That makes more sense to having more of a captive audience, which ties into another topic I want to get to in just a moment. But before we do, let me get these quick corrections out of the way because uh, a couple of people wrote in. Uh, so I'm just going to say real quick. Yes, I know there's a movie version of Mr. Saturday Night. I didn't bring it up because I'm pretty sure Matt has never seen it. <laughs> um, Safe bet. And I saw it when I was little. Uh, but uh, my review of the Broadway show still stands because I do think it's better now that Billy Crystal is older. Uh, and it's nice that he, uh, his his brother from the movie is still the same actor in the in the show, David Paymer, who you probably recognize as one of those guys that you'll see when you recognize him. But um, I think it's better that he's older because he's more in this Buddy Young Jr. character where he's uh, kind of got this Birdman-esque using things from his real life as uh, touchstones. So moving on from that, the other thing we have to correct are, guess what, Matt? Kiwis do have feathers. <laughs> I think, Did we say that they didn't? I think I said they were featherless, but I meant to say flightless. Like they're one of those birds that don't fly. But I did look into it, and there's some fascinating kiwi facts real fast. Uh, their feathers are more like hair, so it's sort of like fur. They're I like just really realized thin. you're talking about the bird. I thought you were talking about the actual fruit. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't know that kiwis were a bird. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. apparently I forgot that in the past week. <laughs> and they're the only birds I found out that have nostrils at the end of their beaks. So, fun uh, fact. That, that can't be true. I, that's, I mean, according to the internet, which is never wrong. I had doves, <laughs> and they had nostrils on their beaks. Oh, at the very, very end? I don't know. That's, that's one were, thing I you said. Know, I don't know if they were at the tip, but they were... Well, they were there. They had like a little slit on each side of it. Well, we need something for next week's corrections anyway. And if we keep this Kiwi runner going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There might be a, like an expert dove magician listening that's going, they don't have nostrils. What are you talking about, Matt? And that'll be the next correction. But I'm pretty sure they do. Welcome to bird talk with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love um, a little bird talk on Mind yeah, Over Magic 94. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. I think corrections are done. Let's jump over to um, I, I one of the things we were talking about was non-captive audiences. And um, yep. one of the shows I did this week was a new one of the nooners, as we call them in the biz, which you've done plenty of. Which mm-hmm. uh, for I know we talked about in the past, but let's just remind people in case this is your first <laughs> episode listening. Uh, nooners are we call it their their shows at noon, and they usually take place in a cafeteria or, or food court area, which this one was. And it's just anyone who happens to be eating lunch or studying or whatever is happening. You're kind of an ambient performer. There's definitely people who come for the show, which is nice, but you could be. You know, the, the challenges of someone getting up in the middle of your show that you thought you were going to use in the show, that, that causes a lot of problem for magic. So I'm wondering, uh, Matt, how, how do you approach those situations? Or did you pr- approach them? Obviously, you don't have to do many of those now. But uh, what were your tips or strategies? Many? I, I Yeah, no. <laughs> many you, of them now? You, you do none of them now. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're put on that Bellagio stage. <laughs> um, it's always such a funny picture to paint. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like like you said, oh, let's let's repaint it or however you worded that. It's it is crazy to think about. Like really think and you're on like a twelve inch riser usually. Well, the other thing too is I had to have a little bit of a diva moment. I was nice about it, but I was just like the I got to the the, the show and I saw the stage set up and it was just one platform. So I do things with four chairs and there was not even space to put the four chairs on. So it's just like, can we, we have time. Can we grab another riser? And like, we moved things around. We moved some speakers back and it actually was more manageable. Um, It was tricky because it was under a set of stairs, which people could be like walking down to, which is another distraction. Uh, but uh, the people that were there for the show loved it, and I I started the show by apologizing to the people that were studying. I go, we're gonna you're gonna have some interruptions right now, <laughs> but uh, if you want to participate, you know, feel free. We'll get you involved. And um, and then I mean the the way people always kind of describe these is like the stereotypical like there's a table in the back playing Magic the Gathering or, or something. It's right. just people that aren't necessarily there for the show and they're doing their own thing. So you have to kind of address and call the. I just my strategy was to call the elephant in the room and then just go and perform for the people that were paying attention. Pretty much. No, that's a, a 
good strategy. It's a really challenging environment. I mean, what I do is easy. Mm-hmm. It's a theater where people are anticipating a performance or even in a, in a for example, this draft gig um, is, is a different beast because it's, it's rowdy, it's outdoors, there's mm-hmm. wind, there's, there are weather elements, there is uh, less control production wise, right? It's, it's just sort of a different beast, but it's a short appearance, right? Like it's easy to go on, not easy, but doing 15 minutes is a very different um, beast than doing 60 or more. Right, right minutes so that's where what you're doing is so commendable too because mm-hmm. you're trying to carry not just an appearance where people kind of look at them and go oh this is fun for a few minutes but like, no no we're about to do 60 minutes right <laughs> right exactly so that's where the challenge comes in and my approach was always rather um from what i recall i would call it aggressive like mm-hmm. i would really attack with a lot of energy and I wouldn't just stay on the stage. I would move about the room. I would stand on tables. <laughs> I would stand on chairs. Gotcha. I would perform in the space and like pretty much not give much of an option exactly. other than to at least somewhat pay attention to what's happening. You're doing something <laughs> so out there that it's going to draw those heads towards you. Kind yeah, of, even just way. with the physicality of what I right. was doing, just like like I said, I would stand on the table, which is like not sanitary or whatever, because <laughs> it's a lunch table. Right. But I found those tactics to be like, because because if you think about it, you're battling something that's equally aggressive in the opposite direction, playing right. Magic the Gathering, <laughs> like is equally an aggressive move, right? A stance to take while a performance is happening, right? Yeah, yeah. The, you know what I'm saying? You almost have to treat it like a like a street show where you're gathering yeah. a crowd and then people can come and go, especially if you're doing an hour. People are going to stay for some of it and then go. And then the tricky thing is if they've got class at 1 o'clock, they're going to get up and leave before the end of the show anyway. You know, that's yeah. the tricky part. So I don't think I had the emotional intelligence at the time to, like, not take it as an insult. Right, right, right. That right. someone wouldn't want to pay attention. Um Whereas now I look at that much differently. I think you could do everything you can to like try to engage everyone you can. And those that want to play Magic the Gathering, that's absolutely their right to play Magic the Gathering. You're in their space. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the thing is like there was definitely people that were studying and I almost felt like it was a compliment that they didn't get up and leave to continue studying. So they were at least like half paying attention and, you know, right. s- still curious what was going on. And uh, you know, sometimes, you know, especially a very interactive show like mine where you have to use a lot of people like there were people who were just eating that were enjoying the show and watching. And I was like, great, you're going to hold off on eating and I'm going to bring you up and they're going to finish your meal when I bring you back. Like, like almost, yeah. almost telling them that they're going to participate in a way. Yeah. Was- yeah. Listen, I work. The, the reason I hesitated when you're like, oh, you don't do too few of those now. I, I try really hard to avoid gigs that are going to be like a real uphill battle. Right. Yet I still come across them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Um, one thing I'm hearing from you and seeing because I can see you because we're, we're doing this via Zoom is you're really leaving your ego at the door, which is amazing. Oh, I think yeah, like, definitely. <laughs> no, but that's. Not an easy thing for, I think, humans to do, um, particularly performers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have strategy for that? I mean, I, I I, I, feel like I interact with a lot of performers that certainly would struggle with that. Yeah, I mean, I've just never really been to... I mean, I, told, I said I had a slight diva moment, but it was just more to try and get the show to be the best it could be in that situation, just from the experience of me doing these shows. So it wasn't like I was like, I'm not going to go on stage until this is the perfect thing. It was just no. like, I think this is going to better set up for success, and we're all going to have a better show, and you're going to have a better event, and you're going to be happier for booking me because the show's going to be better from that. So it's kind of approaching it from that angle but also even i realized during the show like because it was kind of a challenging situation these nooner shows um like i was just like this is us hanging out like i didn't even feel as a show so much as like i'm just performing for you know kind of like in a living room for people that are are here to pay attention if they want to and if it's cool they're gonna have this amazing experience by the way we get to get i already got feedback for the show and they loved it and it was amazing so I'll, I'll probably be back again at some point awesome. uh, which is great 
but um but yeah no i think it's just kind of being realizing one one show is not going to be you know you you always want to put your best foot forward but one show even if it isn't the best situation isn't going to define you as a performer and there's always the next show that you're going to be like i can knock that out of the park but even this one it's like these challenges were fun and interesting and it was like well let's approach it with an open mind and see how things go and again that casual nature that i have just really fit with that and it's not my first nooner too so i kind of knew going in like it's gonna be one of these types of shows so just having the experience and also just the the way to play with it and having that like we're gonna have fun regardless of what happens and uh people are gonna be amazed and they've they normally don't see many mind readers in their lifetime so it's gonna be impressive to them I recall doing some Nooners that were some of my favorite shows. Um, now, let me ask you this. There are two different types of like, uh, I'm going to ask if the room was quiet or loud. And what I mean by that is background noise, because I recall, especially in early years, growing up even, um, performing at like private parties and things where maybe the show they felt like, you know, maybe it was geared towards the kids or... Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it was just a really big room and like part of the room kind of was seated in an area where they could see what the performance was. But then there's also a bunch of people that are not at all paying attention and there's like a hum. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just becomes part of the background noise. Was this the type of thing where there's like a hum of noise in the background that's ambient that just becomes part of background noise? Because you can actually have that and still have a great show with those who are engaged, but it is a distraction. Was it a hum or was it like quiet it was mostly quiet because i think because it was finals and also still post covid like the food court area was all the like the pizza hut or the wing place were not like open calling out orders i've done nooners where like you're literally in a food court while people are ordering and over the microphone they're like number 72 (laughs) which is such such a distraction and then i'm just like yes i predicted that was the next number uh but um, as a mentalist you can do a lot with numbers but um yeah but no, this was uh, mostly, I think, just students who were trying to study and just grab some food and eat and, you know, chat right, with okay. some friends. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. when that hum is there, it's nearly impossible to do anything intellectual. Even for those who want to pay attention, it becomes extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, your best bet is to just play some music and do your act, which yeah. I don't think works <laughs> in your field. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's tales from you know magicians who can just do visual things and kind of do a silent act even you know jeff mcbride who you learned a lot from and your mentor and you know he i think he got his start in some crazy rock clubs and just did the visual stuff to pull people's attention very difficult to do if you're a mostly speaking act like a mentalist so yeah i did a I did a gig and we we may have talked about it and i had to do like two 15 minute sets or something mm-hmm. and this was this was a few years ago and it was at some maybe like a fountain blue in miami um like but it was in a nightclub and the sound in there is not it's for it's not conducive for speaking yeah it's a nightclub so it's like for bass right i thought that was the 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 drum beat behind you for a second but i just heard yeah you have some construction going on can you hear it is it picking up the hammers just a little bit but it was felt like a thumping bass like it was timed really well right 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 (laughs) um in the first 15 15 minute set i tried to perform and like do what i do but like there was some mishap with the timing and all of a sudden like a buffet became available right at the same time the show started. <laughs> so there's yeah. walking, there's milling around, there's people collecting food, there's people like, you know, it, it was really, really challenging to do like audience participation magic in that situation. Um, so luckily there was like, for whatever reason, an intermission built in. I did like 10 or 15 minutes. And then in the second half, I totally flipped the script and did everything to music. Wow. Everything. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to do up-tempo card minute routine that I made up like on the fly, you know, uh, I'm going to literally do like, you know, a multiplying bottle thing, but the dialogue will become secondary and it's just going to be to music. Like mm-hmm. I, I literally mm-hmm. had no other choice and everything played much better in the second half. Right. That's great. Yeah. And you, that's good for you to know, to make that adjustment. And, uh, again, it's, you're trying to make the show the best for the situation that you're given. Yeah, I really can't give myself credit for like knowing. I think anybody would know. I mean, it was like <laughs> fight or flight. It was right. like, oh, this, I got to survive. How am I going to survive up here for the next 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. You got to make it work. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, so your instincts, just your survival instincts as a performer, just kick in. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's great, man. Um, I I'm surviving this trip because of an app that I know you've used in the past. We this we're not this is not a sponsor, but uh, it, also because I only use the free version. Uh, but um, it's called TripIt, and uh, you've used this, right? I have used it. I love that you mentioned it's not a sponsor, just so no one gets confused with all of our other sponsors. Our zero sponsors we have. Gregor, <laughs> <laughs> he goes again right out the door. Yeah. Uh, no. but hey, who wants to you... listen to commercials anyway? Yeah, maybe. We're, we <laughs> might have some in the future. Who knows? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, let's bask in the moment of yeah, now of exactly. not needing to deal with it, right? Well, I want to tell everyone about the the app because it is a lifesaver when you're traveling. And if you travel a lot, um, it really helps with your itinerary. Basically, um, I have my email account linked to TripIt. So all of these receipts that I get for the hotels I book, the the flights I book, the rental cars I book, it constantly auto-populates from my email and arranges everything in one itinerary so that I can just see things back to back when I need to get on a flight, when I need to pick up the car, where I'm going. You could add other things, like if I wanted to put the venue address in, it can do that as well. But it just organizes all your travel in one place. And there's all these other stats, like you could track your miles and how many trips you take and all that stuff, which I don't really use as much. But um, it is helpful for me to, like, sometimes you wake up after being on the road and you're like, what city am I in? <laughs> Seriously. What hotel is this and where am I headed next? So it's just, it's almost like your own personal road manager, but just an app form in a way. Yeah. So I'd used it in the past and it, I found it to be effective. Um, but then I stopped using it. I, I, I mostly just use my calendar now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a iCal type thing. But I found like I enjoyed the TripIt app so much that like I was actually spending time just loading everything into it yeah. like it was a real hobby yeah so i think that's why i stopped you know because it was like all right i need to like yeah, it's the whole point of it is to like make things efficient and save <laughs> exactly. time and there i was just it's like scrolling through netflix and never watching mm -hmm. anything right 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 <laughs> you know? that, that's why the auto populating is very very key so that it's yep. just automatically sometimes i just have to merge trips because it doesn't realize my indiana trip is the same trip as my right. San Francisco even with the trip. auto you still have to go in and edit for a sure. little bit a little bit yeah but yeah. uh but yeah no it's definitely been helpful on this uh, especially when you're in a plane and you don't really have access to Wi-Fi sometimes and you're just like, mm -hmm. where am I supposed to go? What, when is this supposed to land? What gate am I supposed to go to next? All that fun stuff. So mm -hmm. definitely recommend it for those travelers out there. And awesome. While I was in the Bay Area, I went to a place called Heinhold's La First and Last Chance. Uh, yeah, I think that's the name of it. It's a Oh, the oldest bar in Oakland, Matt. I think that was fascinating. If you're ever in the Oakland area, check this out. It's um, where Jack London, the writer, would hang out. It's right by the harbor. It was built out of a like a whaling ship, but um, just the wood of it. But over the years, I found out that in like the 1906 earthquake caused a split to happen, and they rebuilt around the split, and now it's a slanted bar. So the, the bar is slanted. The floor is slanted. They even have little coasters that are wedges to kind of balance out the, the slant of the bar. But wow. it was really cool. And just to read the history of all like, uh, you know, Jack London hanging out and like getting inspired by the some of the, the sailing stories he would hear from all the sailors that would come in that would eventually like inspire his w books like Seawolf and everything like that. It was just like a really cool find. And I always like when I'm on the road try trying to find out a little bit about the towns I'm in and see some, you know, unique things. So I thought I'd bring that up. Very cool. And that's yeah. in California? Yeah, in Oakland. Nice. Yeah, that was fun. And, uh, and what else has been going on with you, Matt? Have you been doing your shows? The shows have been going well. Do you feel like you're back in the swing of things? Yeah, things have been uh, amazing at the show. Amazing energy from the audiences. Uh, did have a couple of uh, magician friends in town the past couple of days, which was uh, fantastic. Uh, I might go to a couple of things this week. I might go to an opening. Um, if you recall, I, I, I told a little bit of the tale of 
escapades with uh, a couple of the stars of the Vanderpump Rules shows with the Tom. Oh, right. I think mm-hmm. I think Lisa Vanderpump is coming in tonight because there's like a, a grand opening of another Vanderpump establishment. There's one at Caesar's Palace, but I think there's a new one opening at Paris. So I may gotcha. attend the opening tonight if I can. It, it's kind of happening during my show, but I might pop over there afterwards. La di da. That sounds yeah. fancy. <laughs> that should be like a kind of a who's who sight to yeah. see kind of a fun thing. Um, but also, I uh, think I'll have less FOMO from that, though, than you hanging out with our magician friends that you posted the other day. Because so, I don't know any of these Vanderpump people. <laughs> That's fair to say. That's fair yeah. to say. Um, and then tomorrow, well, uh, I guess uh, Friday night, is uh, the opening for John Legend. Whoa. At Zappos uh, at the Miracle Mile at Planet Hollywood here in Vegas. And that's always an amazing venue to see these openings. I've been to a bunch of these. Uh, J-Lo, Christina Aguilera, Backstreet Boys. And there's always like a, it's kind of a, a opening night, invite night where there's like a, a party afterwards. So it's always kind of a a really cool, fun night out in Vegas. And it's something we do. You know, hopefully I make it. I hope he goes on late because the show, this particular show goes on at 8. Yeah. And I'm on stage till about 8.30. And I don't know what this traffic's going to be like with road closures <laughs> and so on. So I'm hoping, because I'm hoping, I'm hoping. You're hoping. Uh, opening, <laughs> you're hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping, you know, like able to to scurry over there on time and see most of the show. Because I am right. I love seeing productions in that room. That is not considered an arena, the Zappos room. It's considered a theater, but it's 7,000 seats. Wow. So it's a, it's a big one, and the production in there uh, will pretty much never let you down. So that's going to be a fun night. I'm really looking forward to that one. That'll be cool. That'll be, that sounds awesome. And I yeah. love that you're going to try and scurry over after your show. and you'll miss Yeah, all which the is always red, an event. Red carpet gala part. But <laughs> do you think there's paparazzi still that's like there like by the step and repeat for latecomers to come in? And they're like, Matt, why are you late? <laughs> well, that, that's interesting. Um, sometimes that stuff happens after. Oh, funny. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in situations where that could be, and I don't know if it also happened before because <laughs> I wasn't there, but yeah, a lot of times they'll do like a red carpet after in this particular mm-hmm. case, sometimes there's a pre-party in this case, I know there's a, a post party. So there you go. that'll be fun. And like, you know, I've been in town for a number of years. So a lot of us, you know, all kind of, uh, I'm sure to see a lot of familiar faces, uh, people that I really enjoy being around. So, um, I, I, I think it's going to be a fun night out. I'm excited. Sounds like I'm getting to Vegas a week too late. <laughs> no, you're, dude, the week you're here is going to, I'm telling you right now, I don't think you're really ready for it because I keep no, telling you. I'm not and ready you're just for like, it. yeah, yeah, I'm going to be in Vegas. And I'm like, no, you're going to be in Vegas during the NFL draft. I knew how crazy it was because that's how expensive flights were. Getting to Vegas were ridiculous. And that's what, one of the reasons I'm going to LA first. <laughs> I was so, trying to yeah. explain it to our magician friends and like l- literally the reaction, like, like you're like into baseball and football and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like at least yeah. to some degree. Right. Like, literally they're kind of going like, so what is the, what is a draft? Right. Yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> it was of, so funny. A lot of, a lot of magicians in our profession call it sports ball and that's all they know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I'm not like a crazy sports guy or anything, right. but if there's one sport I do follow to some degree, it's always been football. Um, but like, I'm not like a guy who gets into it, like on the off season mm-hmm. and like pays attention to like the draft right. in particular, or any of that stuff right. necessarily. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm at least aware of it and now, now, especially, uh, but it was funny. They're like, yeah. So what is, wh- what do you mean draft? Is that going to be like a big deal? Tell, tell me what that <laughs> is, you know? Well, speaking of sports, let's get in the sport of riddle solving, Matt. <laughs> It's time for Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? That was clearly one of our best transitions ever. (laughs) And we've had a lot of bests. (laughs) Here's your riddle. I fly without wings and I cry without eyes. What am I? Well... A helicopter flies without wings, but I don't believe it cries. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So you got something that fits half of it. 
This would require it to fit both. Okay. I believe a guitar cries without eyes. If the correct, if, if the right person is playing it. Like while your guitar gently weeps, like a George yep. Harrison type of thing. <laughs> yep. It can okay. gently weep. It can cry, but it doesn't necessarily do the flying part. So you, you just put them together and you get a, f- a helicopter guitar and you got it. Helicopter made by Fender or Gibson. Yeah. No, that is not it. Okay. The helicopter guitar. Yeah. Um cries without eyes. So this is without, a li- it's a little metaphorical. It's not literal, but uh Well, so is a guitar, yeah. right, you know, right, right. with the yeah. weeping. What cry what else cries? There's a guitar pedal called Cry Baby. But that makes the guitar cry. Um, cries without eyes. So, so what are what are what are what is crying actually? What is what is it? Sadness. Yeah, like what happens well, when you cry? Tears. Sure. What are tears? Liquid. Yeah. You already have the location of where this would be because it's flying, right? Okay. Um, but what's, what's flying liquid? Where is that? Or how's that? Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) You're going to tell me rain. Okay. And where does that come from? A cloud. Okay. All right. No. (laughs) Back it up a little bit. (laughs) Absolutely not. What? It makes clouds do not fly. They do fly. Mm, They hover. They don't fly. They float. They're flying in the sky. They're not flying. Well, they are in motion, but they don't appear to be flying to the naked eye. I do not. Nope. Butt riddle. If you fly it in the sky. Give yourself the buzzer for that one. (laughs) All right. If you want to chime in and if you agree with Matt that this is a butt riddle or if you like it. I like this riddle. I think it works well. Yeah. I think if you imagine a cloud flying or floating across the sky, it clearly doesn't have wings, but it's still... up there and then it's crying to make rain yeah when i was going through trivia i passed like a really difficult one i was like nah, i'm not gonna give him that i regret not giving you that one okay well let's jump over to trivia and see what you did give me matt picks up the question then he stares at it eric's at the ready time to use his wit pressure 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 trivia pressure trivia Okay, I'm ready. Somehow, if you want to do the hard one, you can do the hard one. I'll try that too. Somehow I I, I lost the trivia, but I'm getting it back. Okay. No, I'm not going to do the hard one. I, I just, I mean, it has to do with football in 1936. Oh, I yeah, I was not going to get that. Yeah, it's not fair. <laughs> um, the Leatherhead. Okay, I found the one that I like. Okay, great. So I'm going NFL trivia here. All right, I'm going to still get this wrong. It's funny, too, because the one that I didn't want to do was literally about the draft in 1936, and I didn't type in anything about the draft. Anyway, yeah. that's not what we're not doing that one. Your phone is well, listening. <laughs> yeah, no, our phones are listening. Yeah. Anyway, which NFL team features a helmet logo on only one side of their helmet? Whoa. Okay. This one I feel like I could do. But I don't know why it would be just on one side and not the other side. Um, I feel like we can eliminate a lot of the ones that are full helmets, like like the Bengals or the Browns or something like that. Um, I feel like going to my Patriots, They, I think that's on both sides. Your Dolphins, I think, are on both sides. So I'm considering the, the, it, like the Chargers are definitely, Vikings have to be. Um, I'm trying to just eliminate teams. No, that's good. It's a really good tactic. Also, it's already kind of multiple choice because there are only 30 some odd teams, 32 teams, something along there. Um, but I do have choices as well. I think the problem is I can't come up with all the teams. Right, right, right. Well, there are choices. All right. So if you give me the choices, that'll give me four to focus on. Yeah. Okay. Cowboys. Okay. Dolphins. Cowboy is a star. Dolphins have yeah is a dolphin yeah, Steelers, Steelers sure Patriots, Patriots. So I've already eliminated the Dolphins and the Patriots because I'm pretty sure that's on both sides. Here's my logic. I'm gonna say 
the Cowboys. I'm confusing the Cowboys with the Colts. The Colts is just a horseshoe, so it's not that. Cowboys, I think, is just a star. But because they're from the Lone Star State, I would guess they only have one star on their helmet is my guess. Okay. I don't know the answer for sure. I'm going to go against you on this and say Steelers. Really? Oh, I, yeah, maybe. Now that you um, think, now, because that is a complicated one. Maybe it's just like an ink ink thing, or it's like it's expensive to put their logo on both sides. For some reason, I used to collect when I was a kid that in the quarter machines, you could get those little plastic football helmets that you put the decals on. And oh, yeah. I feel like the Steelers one came with one sticker. Wow. So you're I could pro- be wrong here. I think you're right, but my logic is better. It's it's Steelers. Oh, so I was wrong. <laughs> Steelers. Let's great. see if we can get some insight here. They're the only NFL team, but the Lone Star guess was great, by the way. You were absolutely right about that. <laughs> uh, NFL team to display their logo on only one side of their helmet in 1962. The team was not sure how their new logo would look on the then solid gold helmets. They decided to test out the logo on just one side of the helmet. The attention that decision attained, as well as the record-setting 9-5 and five season, which doesn't sound that amazing, uh, <laughs> made the logo's placement permanent even after the team switched to solid black helmets. Wow. Imagine well, that. It was literally just to test it out. It was almost kind of an ink thing. Yeah, that is funny. Wow. Well, you have a week now, and I say that you get a Steelers helmet for the draft, and you have both logo, like two sides of it printed, and then you magically remove it so it's the normal helmet. Wow. There that, you go. This is, this is for the draft? This is for one week from today. (laughs) (laughs) Anything is possible. Hey, you know what we haven't done in a while? What? Do you want to do some mail today? Should we go through that? Let's go to the mailbag. The mailbag. I've got mail. All right. Here we go. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Oh, Matt, do you want to touch base on this one? This is interesting. So our friend Caden writes in. And Hello, he, he he wrote in before and he actually um, said, I'll just read this out and we'll touch upon things. There's a lot to dig into this one. Can, can you do you recall what the previous was? Was it or we're not really tying into it? Does it he, matter? He was asking for advice on uh, how should it, he should approach doing gigs, okay, I believe. Cool. And we gave some we basically told him just go wherever you can get the stage time. And we oh, yeah, which was really good mm-hmm. advice in retrospect. You, did you just pat yourself on the back for the? I patted us both actually. <laughs> okay, it was like go. a double pat. Well, here's an uh, update from that last time we talked about him. He goes, "Hey guys, after showing my acting teacher the the podcast of you guys giving me advice, he asked me to do a magic at the talent show as their opening act." Uh, to which I said yes immediately because I remember guys you told me said yes to ev- say yes to every opportunity. So he took the advice. There you go. That is really cool. However, I have a few questions. First of all, I would like Matt's permission to do my own version of his dollar bill to ramen bag trick. If possible, do you guys think that burning the bill... This goes into a little bit of method. I think we can talk about it, though, um, because it doesn't really spoil things. Do you think that burning the bill or switching the bill, yada, yada... I don't know. I don't know. Do we want to talk about that? (laughs) Well, the the question is, like, ethics on burning a bill? Is that what we're getting Uh, into? I think it's just going into what would be best so it doesn't feel like there's a duplicate bill, which there's not because you're you're signing your... Right. You know, yours. Um. Would it make the the it disappear better with without fire? Would that be better? It's a hard question because I know it depends on how I perform the trick and how I go about it. And then personally, would you ever consider burning the bill? Why or why not? I'll, you can touch on that. And then mm-hmm. last question. I've been doing magic for nine years. In the past few months, I felt a bit unmotivated to do magic. Is that something that ever happens to you? Should I be concerned? Thanks. For today, uh, thanks for helping me out. If plan goes to plan, I'm gonna see Matt's show again this summer. Oh, very awesome! Good. Look Thank forward you to for having you at the show, Caden. I think it's amazing. Can we just stop and think for a second? It's amazing yeah. that he would share something that we talked about on here with his acting teacher. That's so cool. Yeah, and thank you for writing in again. We like to hear these updates on how things are going for sure. So that's yeah. amazing. Um, um, let's dig into some of this. So he's do- he's performing. That's awesome. 
yeah. he's curious on doing a version of your dollar bill to ramen bag. So what do you say to that right away? Well, look, the, the right answer here, the right exercise to do here is my advice would be to be, to be is explore your own path with it. Your version basically, I mean, we're talking about something that's not published, right? Mm-hmm. Something that's not um, published anywhere. I'm the only person in the world doing it to my knowledge. Uh, and I'm currently performing it, right? So right. I'm all for you doing your version, but your version, it, it, I think your version in the best case scenario doesn't involve any ramen, of course, right? It's impossible location, dollar bill to somewhere else that's important to you. Right. And that's been around in the repertoire. Things to impossible locations is not a plot you invented, but you added your not. specifics that are unique to you. So yeah. I think- so like ramen is my mm-hmm. version of built to impossible location. Right, so the question right. is, what is your version of built to impossible location? Mm-hmm. Right. So is it a uh, Cracker Jack box? If you want to take the inspiration of the food thing, is it a Snickers bar? Is it something totally different? Um, I you think know, that's always a good starting place is to find if you do, if you are inspired by something because there's only like seven effects, if you boil it all down to the bare bones and magic, like seven or eight, whatever, if you want to be technical, but like, if you're like, I like this idea of a build to impossible location, strip away all the details and then see what other details you can add on to it. And you can maybe find your own creative presentation that way. Yeah. I mean, think about your own passions. Maybe you're obsessed with baseball and you're going to incorporate a baseball into the routine. Maybe you're obsessed with, uh, what are your interests outside of magic and tie that in? I mean, the reason I wrote the ramen routine was very, very specific to me and what I was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And without knowing the history and all the phases that it's been through over the past 12 years that I've worked on it, it's going to be really hard to duplicate in any way, shape or form. There's going to be too much R and D. If you're going to do that much R and D for something that's not spelled out in a book somewhere and not, you might as well do it with something that's going to be special to you. Yeah. And we've talked about like comedians too. When someone you you get, it's very clear when someone can lift a joke from another comedian because they don't know the meaning or how that was created. So it's mm-hmm. almost telling because it feels like it's in someone else's voice. Uh, so right. you want to be able to find your own voice and what you're doing. So I think yeah, if you want to do a dollar bill to lo- impossible location, first figure out what method you know that you can do it that you know that you've researched or whatever. But then figure out specifics. What is what are you trying to do? What's your goal for this? And again, as you're saying, Matt, what are specifics to you in your life that it would make sense that you would have it appear somewhere? You know? Yeah, or specific to your classroom or your mm-hmm. auditorium or where you're performing or something that's like relatable to your friends and students and and so on. Like there's definitely a better uh solution in there and i think just the exercise of like figuring out what that is is going to be like way more valuable than um than anything else really so that would be that would be my advice on that yeah absolutely i think that's great all Uh, for you know build to somewhere but you know i would i would find what the right thing is for you mm -hmm. and not just um you know there are so many there are so many published methods out there and things you could try and i would even suggest that right yeah as opposed I, to trying to figure out something that's not published. I, I also want to applaud him for asking first instead of just absolutely. doing it. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> that is absolutely the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are certain instances where I would say have at it. Like this is more of a signature piece, right? Right, 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 right. But also then, um, again, without going to methods on how you're doing your version, uh, but uh, did you ever consider burning your bill are there pros and cons to doing that why you decide not to burn the bill in your routine i'm not sure it ever crossed my mind i would i wouldn't personally rule it out uh i think it i think he kind of hit the nail on the head when he said like it depends on the context which i totally agree with mm-hmm. yeah um i i think it's flashy and i think it's you know could be an attention getter could be a good way to go um you either want to vanish it or destroy it or is it right. being shredded? Is it being destroyed? Is it changing into something else or is it vanishing? I mean, those are all things that are really up to you, right? Right. I'd also say um, if you're doing this in a, you know, I assume high school auditorium or something like that, uh, some places it's better to ask for forgiveness instead of permission, but you got to really know, especially in a, in a school setting or, I mean, even nightclub settings and now with like strict fire rules, 
um, you know, if it's even allowed to happen. And um, yeah, I would say no that uh, it's probably not technically allowed unless you have right. a license to do so. Like sure. I, I don't, I'm not actually using any fire in my current Vegas set list, but I have in the past used pyro and yeah, and I still maintain. Even though I'm not using it at the moment, I still maintain my yearly license to be able to do that. Um, in a professional yeah. theater, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and. And it, if you are doing fire in any way, there's always you got to have the protocol of, you know, fi- know where the fire extinguishers are. Have We're going to get ourselves in trouble here. This person you said is a senior in high school. Yeah, that's why I'm saying maybe burning it to avoid all that. Is, yeah. So, I mean, you're not definitely to, like, yeah, you're not even supposed to be able to f- buy flash paper if you're under 18 not to say that i didn't have flash paper when i was younger (laughs) um but don't necessarily use me as an example there uh yeah so well well then there you have it maybe let's not burn the bill (laughs) yeah yeah that's what we're saying Um, right there are other ways that are just as fun and entertaining to get rid of that bill officially on record in case there are lawyers listening we say (laughs) do not burn the bill (laughs) you can a great substitute for fire honestly is confetti in like many cases Oh yeah, that's a great. And if you're shredding something and just throwing confetti up after, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, confetti is a great. It gives the same pop that fire does in a lot of ways. So if there's a way you can like vanish it with a burst of confetti or something like that, you're gonna hit check that same box without risking danger to yourself and everyone else, and uh, you know people being upset about rules being broken. Are we just being rule followers here? I don't know. But it's the right answer, though. Honestly, like, yeah, there's no need. If there's not really a need for it. That feels that ver- very story. opposite of the punk rock amazeball show that I used to put up. But <laughs> was there fire? There was sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if that was allowed. <laughs> Probably not. Were you over eighteen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that show. Well, was you could it. be eighteen in high school, by the way. Yeah, but like, yeah. I'm not sure if you yeah. are, Caden. Yeah. How, how old are you? That'll be your next letter I, if you don't. I mind. think you might be a senior. I think you mentioned. I'm yeah, not, but that's not seventeen. 100%. That could yeah. be seventeen. Sure, that's true. Right? That's true. Let's tackle this last part too because this is fascinating. Um, getting well, a little. Well, well, hold on, hold on. Oh. What were your thoughts on the burning? Would you do that? Uh, probably not. Just in the school setting, just because I don't want you know all the stuff that could come after that with principals mm-hmm. and you know. No, but you're, let's say you personally, for whatever reason, you're do you got to do something where you vanish a bill. I know it's obviously outside what anything that you would do, so it's real hypothetical mm-hmm. here. But let's right. say you. You have all the permissions in place and you're performing in some theater somewhere and you've got a vanisher switch or change. Let's get really dig into this then because, um, yeah, because he's worried about if people think it's just a duplicate. And I think one of the reasons that you prove that it's the same bill is they sign it. Right. Mm -hmm, So that's mm -hmm. that's a bit of proof in the in the effect itself to show that it's the same bill. So you can always add that. For me, I think flash paper or having any fire is a nice spectacle, but do people really think you're burning it at that moment? That's the thing. Is is like I'm almost more keen to in in mentalism a lot. We'll we'll take uh you know a thought someone wrote down and literally destroy it by lighting it on fire, and you can see it all getting turning to ash, and you have like you know a little ashtray or whatever where you can see it's actually destroyed and that thought is gone forever until you reveal it from their mind. Um, and I don't know if in order to really pull off a convincing, you know, I'm going to burn a bill. I feel like you have to burn an actual bill right, for people to know it's gone for good. And mm-hmm. then you do have that problem of, Oh, did he build burn that same bill? And then if it appears later, you got to, there almost has to be this invisible method that goes undetected in the audience's mind for it to still make sense as magic, right? Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. just something, some garden path for them to go down. I don't know. If it's too convincing, yeah, it is pure magic, but also it's that too perfect theory, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, which is a real thing. So I think vanishing something implies that it's going to come back. Destroying something doesn't necessarily do that right right right, right. yeah i think i think it could be made to work no matter if you decide to go the de- destruction route but it is a different effect mm-hmm. right You're, it's literally yeah repairing something that's damaged at that point that's the it, effect, it, it, rather than a transposition 
it muddies the water. Yeah, instead of being a straight teleportation, now it's a teleportation and a restoration, which I do one of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Like, it's okay to do. It's not like you can't do that. Um, but it does muddy the water of the effect. There's no doubt about it. Right. So. And the real answer to all of this is do it in front of audiences and whatever gets the best reaction from right, the audience right, 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 is right. the way to go. But yep. I do like taking that time because I think that often gets overlooked as really questioning why you're doing certain things in that moment, not just because you saw someone else do it, but like, what is this actually implying? Mm-hmm. What is the best take? What is the effect really behind it? Like you're saying, it's really two effects. And especially it's different than like ripping something and restoring it. When you're burning something and restore it, that's um like in chemistry, that's one of those unchangeable reactions that you right, can't undo. Right. But ripping, right. you know, you could tape it or sew it or whatever together, right, you know, right. theoretically and fix it or right, rebond right. something. If it's putty, it goes back together, right? If you rip mm-hmm. it, you know, so there's, there's reversible destruction and there's unreversible destruction. And that adds another element to it. So I hope we're helping as opposed know. to like confusing you by, you know, mentioning how many different possibilities <laughs> there are, but I think you just want to set your own parameters. Like, okay, I think I want to borrow an item probably maybe a bill i want it to appear some i want to vanish it somehow and let it appear somewhere so start working on what those parameters are you know yeah and go from there and figure out what makes sense for you that's you know going to work and if you're really drawing a blank refer to some published material Mm -hmm. right yep refer to some things that are out there that are accessible and you know can be permissibly performed and, you know, don't feel like it needs to be, look, I, I, I totally understand the need for imitation and magic, especially when you're starting mm-hmm. out and you're in your teens. Like, absolutely, you need to be imitating to learn, but imitate things that are that are published. Right. And then right. let it become yours. If you're having if you're drawing blanks, trying to just create from scratch, use use that published material as stepping stones. And you're you're trying on your influences in order to get away from them, essentially. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, what I do is inspired by Bill and Lemon, and the lemon mm-hmm. just didn't make sense for me. Right. Right. You know. So. Well, I keep telling you to add a lemon tree at the back of your theater, just for. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, I do want to tackle this last part. I know we're yeah. starting to wrap up, but I, I think this okay. is important too. So he says, "I've been doing magic for nine years. In the past few months, I've felt a bit unmotivated to do magic. Is that something that ever happens to you? Should you be concerned?" What about Did, you? Uh, I feel like I'm going to sound like a broken record here. I feel like I I mentioned how people ask me about like how yeah. do you not burn out, and right. I said it's like asking someone who's not depressed, how they deal with depression. Exactly, yeah. So I can't say that I deal with it a whole lot. It's kind of like when I asked you about your ego and you're like, I don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) I try not to, yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, no, you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I. Well, what about you? I felt it. Yeah, there's definitely times it does happen, especially when you make the leap from, you know, sometimes whatever you're making it a job, right? Then it used to be just a hobby and a passion. I do this when I'm not doing my day job as a teacher when I was back then. But now when it becomes your job, it's like, yeah, it's still, I still have fun. I love doing it. But like, you, when you're sometimes forced to do it because like you have to do it on the days when you're not even feeling a hundred percent sometimes it's like that can feel a little bit like work. So you can feel a little unmotivated. I definitely felt unmotivated when the pandemic hit at first before I had my virtual show that I put together, you know, I was Mm -hmm. like, what am I going to do? I wasn't really looking into more magic, but I think you have to then one, it's okay. You can step away and find other things you're interested, which I recommend in a way is because that's going to, inspire magic if you come back to it right because then you're gonna have all these outside sources i keep saying uh from my improv background you'd see a lot of improvisers only do improv all the time and they're 24 uh, 7 go from show to show to show and their scenes used to then be about improv and it wasn't right. only until when they stepped away from it and started doing other things that inspired these scenes and they became more interesting more real same thing for anything you're doing have outside sources to influence your art um, so I be- have become unmotivated every once in a while, but I, then something sparks it. I either 
pick up a book, force myself sometimes to get through some books, and then there might be a little inkling, or I have a new idea of what I want to tackle. So you can find different avenues to explore. So it's not the same thing. And if you're exploring the same thing over and over again, maybe that's why you're unmotivated. So maybe go a different direction, try something else, vary it up in the field of magic uh, because it's a large field. So there's lots yeah, of things to explore. That's, that's the biggest thing, right? So like, if you don't feel like watching magic, don't watch magic, right? Like, right. like yeah. uh, if you don't feel like reading a magic book right now, well don't, right? Maybe you feel mm -hmm. like shuffling. If you don't feel like shuffling, Maybe you just need to go do something else for a while and then, you know, maybe tomorrow or next week you'll be in the mood to perform or do this or that. It's like, but yeah, there are so many facets of magic. Like maybe I'm just talking to you about magic or, or yeah. another magician or a friend or whatever. Um, like there are lots of ways to like sort of stay in tune with it without necessarily performing all the time or studying all the time or practicing slights all the time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just, again, talking with you every week, Matt, like that's always inspiring because it's like, oh, I want to work on this and have something to talk to you about. So that mm -hmm. can be a way to do it. But also like, I don't know, what are your other interests? Like uh, you read read a philosophy book. Maybe you're interested in philosophy and that's going to then go, oh, I, that kind of relates to something I knew that I've studied for years in magic. And how do I combine those together now? You know, maybe that's a new approach. And then you're creating something brand new that no one else has seen because it's through your own unique lens. Well, it sounds like you're into acting, right? The Caden wrote to us about his acting teacher. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you chose that sounds like an elective course that you may have chosen to take. So right. maybe, you, you know, you, you spend some time exploring that avenue a little bit more, not just in the classroom, but when you're at home. And that could be watching a movie or that could be picking up an acting book. I don't know. But also uh, tying this back to magic, too. Maybe you have all the tools you need to perform the tricks you want to do, but focus on. How do you perform as the performer to make those pop even more? How do you bring the most magical moments through the acting part of your performance? Because that seems to be something that you are interested. So how do you, you know, uh, I, I'm going to see on Broadway in a couple of weeks, uh, hopefully uh, Andy Nyman, who's famously, you know, Darren Brown's right hand man through a lot of his production, you know, that whole team. But he is an actor first and foremost. And he was fascinated in that side of uh, the performance first. So I'm going to see him in his Broadway debut show, uh, first time on Broadway. Um, so I'm, he, he approaches things and he has a book called like the golden rules of acting. And so he, he ties both worlds together and it's all about that performance as well. So uh, there are ways to get motivated in different ways based off of other interests. I have no idea if this is entertaining or not for people to be listening to. I sure hope so, because there was just this like inspiring free flow of ideas going back and forth yeah. just now. Yeah. And like that's how creation happens. That was actually mm -hmm. really neat. Yeah, that was cool. So I hope other people, I hope this helped you, Caden, especially, but I, uh, I hope every, our other listeners got something out of it as well. Uh, but yeah. we should wrap up, Matt, because I've got a busy day. We, we <laughs> lied. Like we were literally right before we jumped on. I was like, yeah, it'll be a snappy episode. We'll make it a shorter one. Here we are an hour in. Yeah, we haven't exactly. even gotten to goals. All right. <laughs> Which uh, uh, my goals, man, I was supposed to clean. I think I did clean my uh, desk and everything before I left on the, my, my travels. And I was supposed to knock out two books. I even was cocky. I was like, I'm going to knock them out as we recorded. I got through one. I got through one. So I'm going to do the other one. And I'm going to get cool. through the rest of my travel. And my goal is to go to the Magic Castle and see some magic. Is that a goal by just planning an event? Sure. No, that's a goal. Sure. <laughs> so I'm going to say read one book, go to the Magic Castle. Cool. I'm going to continue my reading as well. I've made my way about halfway through the book I'm working on now, um, which is uh, the English edition of uh, Freedom of Expression, it's called, by Danny D'Artiz. And... Uh, the daily practice of mindfulness, definitely going to keep that going too. My goals remain the same. Same goals. Perfect. Yeah. Love it. Easy. Um, I'm, next week, maybe when we're in person, I'll bring up some of these awesome movies and TV shows I've been seeing. I'm going to see some comedy in LA while I'm there too. So we'll talk You're about gonna that. You're going to go to the comedy store? I'm going to try. I got tickets. I'm going to go. Oh, beautiful. I've oh, good. I've never been. Good. I'm very excited to go. Wait, you've never been? I've never been. Oh my I God. I used to go all the time when I lived in LA. I love that place. Yeah. Yeah. It's shocking I've never been, but I'm going to yeah, go. I'm, I'm going to write really that shocked. wrong. Uh, yeah. And then coming up, I'll be, I mean, this comes out this week. So next week is your last chance to grab tickets to Scoop Fest uh, to see me do a little performance there um, at scoopfest.com. 
visit my website, ericdiddleman.com. If you want to add another date on the road for me to travel to, (laughs) (laughs) you could do that. And Matt, what about you? I just thank you so much to everyone for listening. We appreciate your listenership. Uh, We look forward to seeing you next week for the in-person episode. In the meantime, you know where to find me. Uh, mattfranco.com for for anything you you want to know and, and the social media at Matt Franco. So and if you, you want to oh, see in Vegas, hmm? I got, I almost got you off. But and if you want to write in and get advice on anything that you're thinking about in magic, feel free to write us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Visit us at our website mindovermagicpodcast.com and our socials slightly different at mindmagicpod across the board. So. Thank you all for tuning in, and uh, Matt, I'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us. See you soon, buddy. Bye-bye.